Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton. Welcome to another podcast, Power, Strength and Vulnerability. Today I have a guest, um, Brett Davis, who I've seen on Facebook around for the last couple of years um, through his great transformation and stuff like this. But Brett's uh, here to talk about um, a huge curveball that got thrown up in his life uh, June last year. April. April last year. So do you want to talk about what happened April last year? Yeah, um, April 11, there was a Wednesday morning. I was working at, I was heading out to work at I don't know, 5.20. And my wife that day, she had jury duty to do. So she had to be in the city by 9 o'clock. Fun. And because at that stage, the Daniel Andrews master plan of all Skyrail was all still trying to replace some buses along the line. So she was going to drive to Doncaster, where her mum is, and get a bus to Blackburn and then train into the city. I went, fine. Anyway, I, already, I left at 5.20. I said goodbye to her. And she asked me what time it was. And I said, you know, 5.20. Got half an hour yet till you have to get up. I went to work and did my first because I'm a bus driver. Yeah, and I did my first couple of runs. And we have an app on our phone which she got me to do or put on there. Uh, it's called uh, Life 360, and it um, tells you where exactly you are. You know, because my wife liked to have it on her phone because with my cycling, if I was yeah, you know, she'd know where if I was at a cafe or if I was stuck with a mechanical or whatever, she'd know where exactly yeah. where I am. Anyway, I checked my phone. I thought I'd give her a call to see if she's making, you know, how she's going into the city. And I know her phone, you know, her phone said that she was still at home. I'm going at seven, seven o'clock. I'm going, something's not right here. So I tried her mobile uh, a few times, and of course went to answering mode. And you think <laughs> typical. Anyway, I had to do another run. By the time I got to my, my uh, end end of my last, next run, I had a twenty minute layover. So I called her on the home phone and I called her and my son, I don't know, she must have got, grabbed it with her left hand, but she grabbed the phone and she, she tried, she, I could hear her trying to speak. She couldn't speak. Yeah. She had no speech at all. And I'm going, and I suddenly went, oh, she's, she's in trouble. Yeah. So you knew. Something. So I knew. And I, I just said, hang on, hang on, I'll, 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 I'll get someone over there. And luckily, my, my brother lives around 800 metres from my, my place. Yep. So I rang him because I, I had a hunch he was at home. I said, can you please go and check on or just find, you know, if you can, you know, alert to or, you know, try and wake her up or something. Something's wrong. He ended up getting the police to break through my back door. Yeah. And they found her lying on the bed. Uh, conscious but unable to move. So now I've got an ambulance. Did they call you straight up? Were you still on the phone at this time? No, no. My, no. my, my brother was messaging me while I was driving because I had to drive the bus again. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, at the next stop I was checking, um, you know, and he actually said, oh, the police need your authority. I just said, just gave him the thumbs up do to say, do what you have to do. Yeah. Anyway, I rang up, my, I radioed my uh, depot and said, look, this is what's been going on with my wife. And they're like, okay, next run, come back, because I, I was on break for another hour or so, and you go, they just said, just come straight back to the depot and you can go. Yeah. By the time I got back to the depot, the police rang me, and they said, okay, she's on she's on her way to Monash Hospital. Um, yeah, she's had a stroke. And um, so I got there, got there just as she got in to emergency, and I saw, and... Oh, what can I say? It was it was a very surreal 
situation. I didn't get because they have like a four hour, uh, so like a four hour window to get get the blockage out. Yeah. Unfortunately, the four hours had passed. Yeah. So uh, if they tried any more pressure, it would have led to bleeding on the brain. Yeah. And um, so they said, look, we're just going to have to sit back and wait to see what happens. But the next 24, 48 hours, we can't tell you what's going to go. You know, I was like, so I, I, saw, I, I took her, in, well, her engagement ring, I put her on my neck, around my neck on my neck chain. And I looked at her when I left and she looked at me like, oh, I'm not sure, quite sure who you are. And I was, I was really starting to, you know, worry. That night I went home. Adam and I was going to get a phone call at any time of the night to say, that's it, she's yep. gone. Um, no, her fighting spirit. She, um, you know, a week. You know, she she was in hospital for a week. Of course, she couldn't speak. Uh, she had not her right side was completely gone. So yeah. she had no movement in her right side. Um, that stage, she was being fed uh, these thickened fluids, which were absolutely vile. Your face just oh, completely just, turned oh. in. Just looked, smelt like, smelt and tasted like clag. It was just <laughs> horrible. Then uh, a week later, I went in and um, the hospital said we're going to be shifting her to rehabilitation. I went, oh, okay. And her um, couple of her family, you know, the family were in there, and well, they were asking if there was any because they wanted to shift her to Kingston, which was in Cheltenham, yeah, and it was part of the Monash Health Panel. And the only other two that I could take her to was Berwick or Dandenong. I thought, well, Dandenong didn't have much of a... I didn't know much about their stroke rehabilitation there. Berwick would have been great for me because it's only 10 minutes from Cranbourne. I thought Kingston was the best out of the lot. And I said, fine, we'll go there. And um, a couple of people were saying, well, if you want our help, you need her to be closer to us. I'm thinking, well... She needs to be wherever she needs to be to yeah. have the best chance of rehabilitation. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she took her, um, after that, that's when I started to well, take it on myself that so I had to get my house in order for Tony to come home. And luckily, we had the week, that, the day she had the stroke, we had our finance go through. Uh. And we had, you know, we'd refinanced everything and we had a bit of surplus money. So we, you know, and um, I was, I spent the first two weeks, I took two weeks sick carer's leave to be with, you know, her for the first couple of weeks into Kingston. Then I realised I had to come back to, to work. Um, what, was it, what was it like knowing you had to go back to work and but you probably wanted to be there? It was heartbreaking. It was, it was especially the first few weeks. It was, um, yeah, time, you know, when you you get on your break and the first thing you want you, you normally do is call your wife, see how she's going or what you know what she's doing. Yeah, couldn't call her. Yeah, and I'm going, what am I doing? What, what can I do? Yeah, you know, and um, oh, I was in tears a lot on my breaks. Um, you know, I'd make sure if, if I finished early, I'd go straight to the hot, straight to the rehab to go and see her. Uh, help her fill out, or, you know, fill out a, a meal order forms for the next few days. Yeah. Even though as much as she hated to eat vegetables, but she had, <laughs> you know, she knew I was going to make sure she ate them. Um, but slowly and slowly, she was getting better. Um, I still never forget the first time I saw her walk unassisted, only from the rehab room to her to her own room. It was like probably the best twenty two second video I've ever. 
Yeah, shot. It was like, wow. This like is, a child walking for the yeah, first time. Yeah, it was just, and oh, well, yeah, I, I couldn't, yeah, it was, I, I couldn't, yeah, it was just, even thinking back, it was just, that was just a, a watershed moment for me. But um, you can see the proudness in your face when you talk about it. Like, you were a bit like somber before, and then as soon as you started speaking about that, this, mm. you sm- and, then, and, then, and then every time I, I saw her, because, you know, she knew I'd be, I had to go to work. Yeah. Um, every time, every day I had off, I'd go in and see her. Um, I would, um, you know, like on Sundays, you know, if, if I had Sunday off, because the coffee shop was, I'd take her a problem, so I'd actually take my own coffee problem machine and, <laughs> you know, have the coffee problem machine in her room. So yeah. I'd make coffee while, you know. But, um, I'd walk, you know, I went to the stroke awareness sessions with her, so I, I knew exactly what I was getting myself in for. Um, and, you know, found out about a bit more about how her stroke came about. Um, well, how did it come about? Was, uh, she, was she healthy beforehand? Because a lot of people no, probably no, don't understand. Oh, she, she was a smoker. Yeah. And she was she's type 2 diabetic. Yeah. And they were the two major factors that contributed to it. She did have a, a TIA in January, which is a mini stroke. Yeah. That was sort of like a, I guess, a, an entree of what was going to be set. But they never really said, well, you're going to have a big one. Yeah. Um and we got through that okay, although her, her eyesight was affected for a couple of months so she couldn't drive, which affected her work because she was an Uber driver. Yeah. So we're down to one income at that stage too. Um, but then, you know, like, then I had, you know, the pressures from, you know, a couple of men, you know, and they were pretty much, well, no, no offer to help the house at all. Um, I thought this was, you know, but I, maybe because I'm my background, because she's well, she's Italian background, because you know, maybe because I'm Australian, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. I don't want to know. Anyway, I got her home. And at the meantime, in the mean, all the paperwork I had to go through too, for disability pension, then to get my power of attorney to speak on her behalf, because yeah. they said a solic- um, she wouldn't understand what's being said to her by a solicitor. Uh, that's purely just from the stroke that yeah. she won't be able to comprehend. No, but she, she she can understand a bit better now. But at the time, and because I had to take care of a lot of her financial situation, you know, with a so credit card, um, her phone, then eventually I had to do handle her taxes, um, get her exempt from a tax return, and things you never thought things you'd have you to do. Yeah, you really. just had to. <laughs> Yeah, and all this while balancing full time work and just trying to which know, which you had to do because you need yeah, the yeah money. I had to yeah absolutely you know like the the government's not going to pay yeah pay, pay my pay my mortgage <laughs> um, anyway I got Tina home um, you know like I still remember when the OT came through after we, you know like all my friends who helped me the house whether it was the, my Roval Rider cycling group um, the girls that it's personal came and did a few things for me yep so that's it's personal transformation yeah with Elizabeth and, yeah they, they um, most famously uh, ransacked all the chocolate that was at the top, <laughs> top of the pantry <laughs> and held it ransom at the factory including my dark chocolate which I was very yeah very dark about um but no, they they to their they did a lot for me. They yeah. helped me and they actually kept me um, kept my spirit up. Um, they knew at times it was you know like even when I was riding with the Rover Riders, there were certain times where I'd go out on a ride and halfway through it, I'm going, "What am I doing here?" And I'd just turn around and go because yeah. I just didn't have it in me anymore. I was 
just couldn't be yeah just couldn't be laid to um i just had too much on my mind you know um a couple of the bus drivers at work actually helped me as well yeah you know i even le- left the keys for him at the house to say okay and the fridge was full and whatever the coffee machine's on go for your life do yeah. what you have to do and then when the occupational therapist came with Tina because they had to make sure the house was all, you know, sub, you know, up yeah. to a standard where she might have needed handrails or guardrails in the toilet or the showers or whatever. Yeah. Luckily for us, uh, she didn't have to. Yeah. But everything was got um, the tick of approval. Was that a relief? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're probably putting in a lot of hardware. Yeah. Oh, it was so, you know, I went through two skip bins and throwing out a whole heap of junk. Um, didn't throw out all of her junk. Throughout a lot of mine, <laughs> but um, and everything else, I, I kept and we just put in storage in the in the shed out the back. And if she ever wants to, if she ever thinks about it, I yeah. can say, well, it, it should be there. I'll go and get it for you. But yeah. to this date, she hasn't. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then uh, she got home, and then we started the rehab in the home that part where she was getting rehab while I was at work. So there'd be a therapist, occupational, a physio, and a speech pathologist coming in, you know. Then, um, what was it like watching or not seeing all of this stuff going on with her? Because you're probably struggling with your your, th- your own things, but at the same time, you know you got to be strong for her. And Yeah. Oh, it was still heartbreaking now. But the, at the time, it was, um, especially the first few weeks when she came home, um, She, well, we were, our communication was between a whiteboard. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have to write down a yes or no question or a multiple choice and, and she, ask her to pick A, B, C or D or ask for a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. Um, or you, you get that look if you put something in front of her that you you know you want her to eat and she's like so she still gives the look oh absolutely (laughs) you know or she'll start the tear you know like and then then you'll pour into the fridge and say okay show me what you want me to you know and I'll cook it for you yeah because I used to be a chef back in my day too so that sort of gave me a fill up on how to prepare things for her too um so for the first few weeks I stayed at home with her I took three weeks annual leave uh, which I had enough of um well, what would have happened if you didn't have that annual leave? Does it just work or take? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah I'd have to. You'd have to work. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, may, you know, maybe get a family involved. But to tell you the truth, I didn't. I didn't do anything to help me. And then there was the fact. Well, they didn't even do a stroke awareness session. So yeah, they had no idea on how to handle her. Yeah, and they just pretty much just wanted to. I don't know. Take it. You know, pretty much take over. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're not taking over. And uh, then they were going on about visitation rights. I'm like, well, she's a 54-year-old woman. She's not a five-year-old kid. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then, then I had the um, and the next hurdle with Tina's health because they found a problem with her thyroid. She's always had a problem with her thyroid. It was being inactive or active. Yeah. And it's affected her weight and whatever. Well, the endocrinologist had the great idea of doing a nuclear uh, program on it and I was like oh yeah what's that going to entail and she goes well she's going to be on a low iodine diet for two weeks so I mean no bread no dairy no processed food it was just fresh uh, f- you know um, fruit vegetables um, fruit. like I was doing things for I'd, I'd leave things for her all prepared you know like um, porridge made with water and I'd just flavour it with some cinnamon some honey and some you know um, some berries yeah yeah, I know, and you can see your sherry going off. Oh, it tastes like crap. Um, 
And then I'd do like I found some angel some parcel with virtually no calories or whatever. Yeah. Did the tomato sauce with lots of mixed herbs or whatever, no salt. Um, I had to wash her own cut, you know, wash her cutlery separately. Yeah. Use gloves, and especially when she had the tablet. Um, so for, she had to do the diet for two weeks prior, then three days after she had the tablet. We had to sleep in separate rooms for three nights. Oh, wow. Because of the radiation. Yeah. Like I could have sent her to Chernobyl for the weekend. She would have settled in fine um, or could have used her as a bat signal. <laughs> because one night I was sitting, she was on one couch, I was on the other, and I just had to get out of the room. The radiation in there was just oh, wow. ridiculous. You know, you know, you have to make sure she, you know, Drunk so much water each day, showered a couple of times a day just to flush all the iodine yeah. out of a system. Um, but did the trick. So that gave me, you know, so that was great. And then uh, with VCAT, of course, being a financial, I had to do a financial statement and plan. I did that. You know, got that out of the way and said, look, this is, Wayne just taken over. This is what's going on. I'm pretty much supporting our, my income. We're yep. waiting on whether she gets a disability pension or whatever along the road. That was in. Then I got another letter from VCAT. Her family decided to take me for a... Uh, they applied for guardianship of my wife. How stressful is that? <laughs> I'm guessing it's not the letter that you want to <laughs> it's, it's not the letter I really wanted to see. Yeah. But... Was it, and everything was going fine at home as well. Well, everything t- between Tina and I, we were fine. Yeah. Everything was going fine. I, I was looking after her, doing everything right. If I was doing anything wrong, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. But one of the first questions I asked Tina when I got home was, did you want to go to your mum's for rehabilitation? And she said, no. I said, fine. That's yeah. I need to know. And then... Did that question... I mean, that question comes from... You wanting to what she wants, basically, yeah, absolutely, and you would have felt guilty if you'd forced her into something that yeah, she didn't want to. Yeah, and then, um, and because I wasn't actually exactly on speaking terms with her sister-in-law or brother or her mum, they got a mediator involved. Yeah, and um, I allowed the, them to come down with the mediator and speak to Tina while I was at work. So in my own house, without no, no influence for me whatsoever. Yeah. But my understanding was Tina told them with the mediator, I don't want you out my re- my rehabilitation. I need to rehabilitate here. Yeah. I need time to get myself right again. You can come and see me once a week, but that's all, you know. Obviously, for now, that wasn't enough. Was she, before this, before this all happened, was she a pretty independent person? Yeah, yeah. So, because that's what it sounds like. If she only wants them to come sort of once a week, it sounds like I'm very independent. I probably wouldn't want to go back to my mum's. Yeah, she and it's nothing like, against my she, mum. She, I, she, her, I know, but she, look, she had to. Go, she went there every Wednesday because that was the night where oh, the whole family was yeah. together. You know, and she, and because her mum couldn't handle the, the grandkids on her own, so Tina had to you know step in and help. And yeah, there was some Wednesday she was like, I don't really want to go over tonight. So. Don't go over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she goes, I have to. Because oh. it was not, I wouldn't go over because, you know, I've done a 10, 11 hour shift yeah. on the buses. And the last thing I want is to be driving to Doncaster and then I'm all the way back to Cranbourne and then be starting back at work at 5, 6 in the morning going, you know. Probably not safe. No, it's not. No, no. Um, anyway. We went to went to court and I had no idea about what their grounds were for their... I didn't get the grounds for their case until the actual day of the hearing. VCAT took too long to give me 
some information. So you couldn't do anything really. Like no, I, I, well, I had no, no I had preparation. Yeah, I had no idea what they were. You know, whether yeah. it was whether it was money, whether it was whatever. Yeah. Um. So I went in and I had you know, and Tina was got really. Oh, I felt sorry for her. But she was in the, you know, she was pretty much the meat in the sandwich. Yeah. And, you know, her family could sugarcoat all they want, but they couldn't, yeah, they, there's no explanation for why they do such a thing. But anyway. Was was there part of you at times which almost went, I'm just going to sort of hand her over purely for the fact you don't want to put her through it? Or was it like, no, no, I know that this is what she wants. I'm going to fight no matter what. Oh, there was times I questioned why, you know. You know, what I was doing, whether, you know, whether all this was worth it. Yeah. You know, why me? Yeah. Uh, is it worth pursuing? But in the end, I went, well, if I did decide to go that path, well, they win. Yeah. And, you know, and then, oh, like, oh, I love Turner too much to give up. Yeah. You know, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to show them I'm not, I don't quit. Yeah. I fight. Yeah. And um, so we went, we went to VCAT and I took... I probably could have sold tickets that day, you know, just for that. But I took a handful of people that, you know, had been in my personal circle. Um, most of them, my mum and dad. And if, uh, one of the girls from Mitch Personal and two of the Rover Rider guys, um, the skipper and one of the main guys who's been pretty much my mentor all the way through. Yeah. No, and um, yeah, without them, I'd been, I would have been a mess, absolute mess. But anyway, got in there, and the member virtually dismissed it straight away. Said, "There's no case here," and I'm like, "Well, what are we doing here then?" That's relief. Yeah, it was relief for me. But then, yeah, Tina was, you know, she already said she only wanted, to, you know, so she was asked, "Okay, what do you want to do?" And so she was put into a room with uh, the member and the speech pathologist to help her out. So there was no pressure there. You know, there was no influence from me or from the family. Yeah. And um, she came back in. She looked at me like, oh, you know, I've got to do this. I went, oh, okay, this is going to be good. And the member announced, oh, we're going to be, um, and we'll spend one weekend a month at a mum's place. Okay. The member looked at me and said, you know, just make it happen, Brett. It sounds like you need a weekend off because yeah. I think you've been doing pretty pretty good job with everything so far. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, means I can get back into cycling now. And, you know, but then her family started slamming their fists on the table going, oh, it's not enough. For, you know, we want to, you know, the member just said, look, it's not about you. It's yeah. about what Tina wants. And then, you know, they kept on saying, well, Brett needs to say this, Brett needs to say that. And I said, and the member just said, Brett doesn't have to say anything to you. Yeah. It's, Believe it, it's got nothing to do, you know. And if t- he's just doing what Tina wants him to do. And that's what I've been doing all along. And, and that's what, and if the, uh, with all the allegations that she listed that day, which, you know, was laughable. Well, if the member had such a concern, she would have asked me, you know, asked me anything or grilled me at all. Yeah. In the end, she just said, have you got anything to say? And I was like, well, at least I, I can say now that, you know, it's been shown that I've done nothing but been Tina's, you know. In her corner. Yeah, you know, I'm in her corner. I've made sure everything is right for her at home, made sure her rehabilitation's been the forefront of everything I've been doing. And quite frankly, you know, I don't have to say anything. I could sling. I could have slung mud that day. Yeah. But I thought... That's just getting put Tina through. Yeah, I know. More pain. But, yeah, I know. What but, she wants. But she can see, you know, she can see it's been, um, it's taken a toll on the both of it, you know, because, you know, she, she couldn't believe it either. Yeah. And, you know, she goes over there and, you know, it feels like child access every, you know, yeah, one, yeah. one weekend a month. And they make such a song and dance about it. And, you know, the last 
um, oh, just this Sunday she had her weekend over at Mum's and oh, it's, you know, they bring her back at a certain time on a Sunday and like I was out for a ride with the Roval guys Sunday morning, you know, it was nice and cold but still did 120 kilometres. Yeah. Only water. And um, I rang and I said, oh, you know, so what time are you coming? And she goes, well, I was wondering if you can pick me up today. I was like, well, hang on, what's wrong with your fat? You know, how come they haven't been? Yeah. So it's like, well, all that song and dance and now they're starting to, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. It is. It's frustrating because I'm thinking, what, what, am I, what, what do I need to worry about them? Yeah, yeah. And it's just been a, you know, they've just been a real thought, you know, and now it's just... I, I, really, I, I, I just can't find the words to describe it. It's just ridiculous. So poor Tina, how is she... It's been a year. Yeah, 55 weeks. 55 not weeks. That I'm, not that I'm counting. Not counting. <laughs> How has her transformation been over the, the last 12 months? Her, tra- uh, her transformation, she's um, she dropped a bit of weight in the rehab centre itself, which was a great thing for her, probably because she ate the most amount of vegetables she's <laughs> eaten since I've been married to her. Um but then since she's come out, yeah, sure, she enjoys her junk, you know. Yeah. Like, I still I still try and keep to my, my thing. But yeah. then if Tina wants whatever, she'll I'll go, yep, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, her speech-wise, um, it's getting each week just get better and better. And she's still working the speech with all of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's good. Look, it's going to be, you know, like, I, like my father son killed her, so we're on a rebuild at the moment. And <laughs> like she's on a bigger, you know, she's on a big rebuild just like them. Yeah. But her speech from the time she came home in June last year to now, it's an absolute quantum leap. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, uh, then she does things around the home which... She doesn't think I, th- I see, but when I come home and you know, she's taken the washing off the lot or put it out and she's folded it all nice and neatly and actually put it away in drawers and yeah. and organised certain things around the house, you're going, she's actually hasn't been just sitting in front of the TV all day. She's actually been, you know, or she'll um, she'll get me to go and take me, tug her down, she'll get her nails done yeah. just to make herself feel good. And... Um, and then, and then probably the only thing which demoralised the both of us was Centrelink at the time. Um, and we were told that because of my income, and she was in tears. She was inconsolable for two days. Yeah. She felt like she was nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, so she probably would have felt pretty guilty as yeah, well. So, so she had a, a lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of guilt, I'd say. Um, but now... It's stupid. We feel guilt for things that we really can't control. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, yeah. And and she goes to me, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, no, there's nothing to be sorry about, Tina. You know? Yeah. You know? I said, the thing is, (laughs) it's funny. It's it's funny. um, Well, how can you put it? It's it's something like, you know, take something like, I don't know. I guess it finds out who who you are. Yeah. Yeah. In a situation like this. You know, like I could have just folded and... Yeah. You know, or could have just walked away and said, you know what, yeah, you can have her. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. I'm out. Where well, yeah, I thought, no, she's my wife and I'm going to show her what, what kind of um, person I am. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I think you saw her last year at our Transformation Awards, you yeah. know. That, and that was oh, after everything had happened. Um, that was, you know, and because at that state, well, but in April back then, Liz was sort of saying, oh, do you want to go for the transformation again this year? I'm going, oh. And like the year when I won it in 2017, that was, 
That was unbelievable. So for the listeners, Brett won MP Transformation of the Year in 2017. So yeah. that's metabolic precision. Um, and he took home a nice little check yeah, that night two, as well. Two and a half grand. Two and a half grand, yeah. which is always handy. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you've done a lot of hard work on yourself oh, in the last few years yeah, as well. well yeah, because well, like I was at one stage, if you saw me five, six years ago, I was 150, 160 kilos, type 2 diabetic and yeah. had, you know, and then finally it just twigged on me um, to, well, I actually read a book by Duff McKagan, the bass player from Guns N' Roses. Um, he had a health issue, which I, I literally, my eyes popped out when I read it. He, yeah. He got... Well, being with Guns N' Roses, I used to just drink and yeah. do whatever. He got drunk so much one night, his pancreas exploded. Wow. And all the toxins in his body were starting to... Yeah, go. Yeah, and the doctor said to him, if you don't do something within the next uh, six months, you know, in the you know, now, now, you probably won't be here in 12 months time. Yeah. You'll be lucky. And you, you kind of felt like yeah. that might be you. Yeah, and I thought, well... Yeah, I'd had a. There was one instance I got taken to um, hospital. I thought I was having. A, I thought Andre Giant, the giant, was actually sta- standing on my chest. Uh, I was that tight. Yeah, it was actually like an infection of the um, the bag, which could protects your heart. That's what was the problem. Yeah, but it was a bit of a wake up call. Um, but yeah, and then at the time, Michelle Bridges was starting to flog her. Yeah, big, you know, biggest loser, twelve week transformation yeah. thing. So I thought I'll I'll give it a go. And um, although if you had to buy all the food that you had to buy off Michelle or the stuff that she wanted you to buy, I'd send you broke each week. <laughs> so I devised my own little routine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Um, I got de- yeah, I got down to about 94, 95 kilos in 2014. Took up cycling again. Uh, and I was, you know, riding a lot of kilometres, especially along Beach Road. Yeah. Which, you know, you know. Um, place to ride. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, but uh, mountains are a bit more yeah challenging. Yeah, um, and then uh, there's a, a couple of clients of Elizabeth and Renica's. One most notably, Jackie McRae, and I knew her from my basketball days. Yeah, her, her brother-in-law used to coach me in basketball, and I saw she was starting to lose all this weight, and she was eating so many times a day. I'm going, hmm, something's not right here. <laughs> Am I missing something? <laughs> anyway, I messaged Elizabeth and I said, "Look, I don't know what you, you know, what what's the what's the deal with your program? You know, yeah, you know, if you got because I knew she was Greek by her surname. I'm going, you know, if you got a special Uzo or something that <laughs> you slip in or something, there must be something, you know. Anyway, she invited me down, and next thing I've signed up with her, and um, I went to the first Transformation Awards in 2016, but they had it at the old. Um, Hotel Ibis in the city. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I met Charlene, Paul, and a few of the other MPs. And uh, actually, one of Liz's clients, Jackie's son, Daniel, won it that year. Yes, he did. Yeah. And Liz goes, If you really want it bad enough, Brett, you could be here next year. And went, Oh, like at that stage, my my goal at that stage, because I ballooned out to 117, my goal was to get back under 100 because I signed up for this bike ride called the Three Peak Challenge, which is up at False Creek. It's a 235-kilometre loop, which you've only got 13 hours to complete. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> no, it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I got down, like, and I, 
I trained so hard for it. You know, like I prepared. I did, you know, a couple of rides with the Rover Riders. One most not know we rode from Rover all the way to Lake Mountain and back. So we went via the Black Spur, then came back via the Reefton Spur through Warburton. And um, he said, when, once I said that, he goes, you're already on your way. He goes, you're tracking so, you know. Yeah. He used to do, well, I was doing Mount Bo- climbs of Mount Borbor. I'd go to Adelaide for the Tour Down Under. That year I did a 1,000, over 1,000 kilometres in a week in about 12,000 vertical metres. I literally just killed myself that week in preparation. Then I got to Falls Creek. Um, then was just, I got there in 12 and a half hours or 12.28. Renica actually drove all the way to Falls Creek to watch me finish, which I thought was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Balled my eyes out when I got to the finish line. Um, and then... Yeah, and then when we got through that, and because I, I got down to about 98, 97 for that ride, because for climbing you need to be, you know, it helps. It, it helps. Lighter. You know, um, God, I've got a, my next door neighbour rides with me now. He's only 45 kilos, a, a little Malaysian guy. You know, he could ride winks at Randwick, <laughs> and we, we'd still have to put weight on him just to make weight. Um, anyway, they said, oh, what, what's the lowest weight you've ever been? I went, oh, God. So last time I was in the 80s was back in the late 90s, I think. And they said, well, how about you try and go there again? I went, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll give it a go. Yeah. So sure enough, I got down to 89 kilos. I'll never forget, you know. I did, you know, the the spray tan for the yeah. photos. It's the first and only time I've ever done a spray tan. <laughs> yeah, when I came over, I still remember my wife. She looked at me. She goes, "Oh my god, <laughs> what the hell?" And I went to work the next day, and they're all going, "Have you been on a holiday somewhere?" I'm like, "Yeah, the Victorian Alps. It's pretty sunny out there at the moment." Anyway, did the you know, did everything I could for that uh, year. And, you know, I went to the and said to Liz, look, whatever happens, happens. If it doesn't, it's all right. I know we've given it, we've done everything for it. Yeah. And then when my, when my mug shot came up on the wall, I was like, that was just. And the ta- ta- yeah. tables went crazy. The, oh, everybody just went crazy. It was like, oh, my God. And, you know, then you get up on stage and you see everyone there. It's like, oh, it's like being the lead singer of a concert. You know, and you sort of like, want to be like Paul Sauer. Everyone let me hear you. <laughs> but, you know. Um, and then, you know, everything was fine. And then so I guess that was a high, you know, the highs. And then, then you go to a low, like, or a very trying time, as I call it, with Tina. Yeah. Well, how, how do you think those couple of years prepared you for that? Like, if you were that still at 150 oh, kilo I, man. I, I, I'd be struggling. Yeah. I would struggle. It would be, yeah. Oh, no, no doubt about it. So it was a blessing in disguise in a way. That yeah. Because, like, I, I reversed my type to diabetes, too. Yeah. So that, so I wasn't on medication anymore. I don't have to worry about going for a yearly medical check for my bus license. It's, you know, three years like everybody else. Um, but yeah, that prepared me. Um, and I, I think doing the Falls Creek challenge, because I did it the second year, even though Tina had the, the two, and I'm, my training wasn't exactly ideal for it. I yep. still went ahead and did it. I almost, almost pulled the pin at Omeo. I thought, no, if I, if I pull the pin, I'll kick myself, or, you know. And I got to the finish with, well, I might, when I got to Omeo, they said, you're only 20 minutes ahead of the, the trail group. And that's, if you get fall, fall beyond the 13-hour yeah. people, they pull you off the course and that's it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll keep going. See if, if they catch me, they catch me. If they don't, oh, I'll just keep riding until I do it, you know. You know, I got to the, the next uh, food stop, which was Angler's Rest. 
And they said, oh, you're up by 40 minutes now. I went, oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. You know? And because a couple of its personal clients, they were volunteers. At that, and so they got my water bottles filled and everything. Yeah. They said, well, why don't you sit down? I said, no, if I sit down, I'll, I'll, I'll never get going. And I still remember there was a girl on the at the the sag wagon, you know, where they have all the people who go out. And she yeah. looks at me and goes, you, 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 you want to take a seat? I just looked at her and I swear. No, I'm not going to swear on the but I just said, no, you're going to have to drag me kicking and screaming. But I looked at the time and I'm going, you know, if I get to the bottom of Falls Creek at, by 5 o'clock, it gives me three hours to get to the top. That should be, you know, give or take. That should be ample, maybe. It gave me half a chance anyway. And because the first 10 kilometres back up Falls Creek is just, that's just hell. Yeah. You know, first 400 metres is 18% gradient. Then the next 10 cases is an average of 10. So, And after 200 kilometres, your legs are going. So it's just constant. Yeah. And, um, like, you, you, you walk, you stretch, you get but you know, cycle when you could, you walk, you know, just do whatever you had to do. Yeah. And you get to there's a place called Trap Yard. They actually have a Coke truck there, cans of Coke they give you. And because the first year I thought, oh, once that you get there, it's plain sailing to the finish. No, there's still another 15 kilometers to the summit of the back of Falls Creek. So this time I knew I had to ride a bit far. You know, so I rode it really well. And I saw with two when I saw it was two k's to go to the summit. I, I thought I'll. Oh, I'll throw caution to the wind and I'll, I actually went into a big gear and just really just because it was too rolling, you know, so I just gave it everything. Yeah. And then I, was, I got to the summit and I knew there was 10 kilometers to go. I think I had 25 minutes to get to the finish and I didn't even hit the brakes on the corners through the descent and I did the last 10 kilometers in uh, under 17 minutes. I was, yeah. So you beat your time from the previous year? Well, I got there with only seven minutes to go. Okay. But those last 10 kilometres, I absolutely... So you probably wouldn't have got there if you didn't blitz. No. Nah. As soon as I saw 10, I'm going, I've got 25 minutes, I can do this. And yeah. I just hammered in luck, you know, luck I had no mechanicals or anything, otherwise it would have been. But to get to the finish and get, you know, like you're only riding for a jersey. Yeah. That's all it is. But it's a, it's a jersey which you can't buy, and yeah. you can't buy them. They're, they're ones you you gotta you gotta earn it. Yeah, like you look at the guys who get one for under ten hours, and you're just in awe of going, oh wow, that's that's incredible. Like the the this year, the leading time this year was seven hours three minutes, which is it's thirty three over thirty three and a half k's an hour. An hour, yeah. And that's that is solid going. That's fifty over fifty k's an hour the whole way through. So obviously up the hills, you're not going that yeah, far. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so because you've got Tawonga Gap, Mount Hotham, and the back of Falls Creek to climb. Yeah, and it's yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you. Um, you think that those two races also helped you mentally prepare for the challenges that you've had in the last year as well because yeah i think so physically you could have given up at any moment Mm. especially in that second one you Mm. you were pushing for time do you think that they gave you that sort of stepping stones and those blocks that so this period of three or four years before tina had the heart attack really set you up Mm. i think so mentally physically yeah yeah, because I think um, the last year dealing with all the paperwork, you know, getting the taxes done, you know, getting finally getting, well, Centrelink might be getting on our side now after, you know, but um, pretty much every day has been like doing a three peak every day. Yeah, there's a, cha- there's a challenge. It's pretty much a challenge, you know. Every step of the it's way, there's something. It's just another mountain to climb every day. Yeah. 
a mountain, you probably don't know what's over the yeah. top of. Yeah, pretty much. As well. So you're doing all this stuff knowing that you turn around and be for nothing in yeah. a way. Yeah. So, so like, you know, like short, like Centrelink, they actually, can't, you know, they actually, the investigation people rang me and said, look, we'd like you to reapply again for a disability pension. And you start with a medical exemption because we know fully well, it's not going to be looking for work for a while. Yeah. And, um, and they said, because you've been upfront and honest, because, you know, it's a lot of people, you know, that might try and, try and scam. Try yeah. and scam. A lot of scams out there. Yeah, absolutely. More than ever. Yeah. And um, he said, well, you can go for getting um, pushed for getting Tina paid back to the way, you know, back from when she came home last year. I was like, well, great. Yeah. You know, that's, you know. A huge relief. Huge. Huge. Because at times, at times I'm guessing, I don't know, did you think you might have to sell a house or uh, do more work? Maybe do more work, yeah. Because you probably obviously don't want her to lose her house, so that's probably nah, your big absolutely, focus. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, at the moment, just paying off a home loan and one credit card, that's that's all on it, right, you know, right now. And that's all it is right now too. So it's it's been a battle just to get all that yeah. into perspective too. Um, it's, yeah, I, I'll, you know, I went and, you know, did a lot, you know, I did a few visits with a psychologist too to, I don't know, try and help me deal with why, you know, certain people do those kind of things, you know, what, yeah. you know, what, what would... What goes through other people's minds. Yeah. Why, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, uh, I, I don't think that could even answer me. Yeah. You know, but it's just about giving you that understanding and just, I guess, for someone to speak to. Yeah. Really. Pretty much. So, you went to a psychologist for you to help you through yeah, this? I did. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, how was that? Was it the first time you've been to one before? <sighs> yeah, the first. Oh, I went through. I went to two. The first one I didn't like that much. She didn't really see my wavelength. Yeah. Um, I felt actually I felt like Tony Soprano in the episode one of the Sopranos in the office with the psychologist and um, yeah there was a couple of questions she asked and I was like oh god we're on the we're on the Sopranos here this is not <laughs> this is not what I'm wanting so but the second one I went and saw um, she helped me get a lot of things or I'll make a few things a bit clearer yeah um, personally though I don't think like you, can, you know like they'll give you so many free visits yeah to go and then maybe a few more but personally I think there should be a bit more emphasis on there yeah maybe the liberal or whoever you know who are, you know the election at the moment they should really look at it they yeah should, I think oh, and I think per, mental health yeah and like, and God, there was a, I think there was a video I saw recently of a musician back in this, um, a real famous one, Frank Zappa. And even in the 70s, he was saying that, you know, people, you know, they should really invest a lot more into mental health. This is back in the 70s before, you yeah. know, when it wasn't even really talked about. No, it wasn't at all. Yeah. And as soon as I saw his, you know, and I went, you know, he was on, you know, like he was way ahead of his time. Oh, musically too, he was yeah. way ahead of his time too. But, um, yeah, he was way ahead of his time on, on everything that's been going on now. And then you look at all the, you know, people, you know look at James Packer. He's not, you know, he's got all the money in the world yet. Mentally. Yeah, mentally he's not, you know. He's got, yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what else have you What else have you done to make sure over the last year, year that you've been mentally... Physically, I think. Really I think. Well, making sure I still do my sessions with Elizabeth and Renika, yep. they've really kept me on my toes. Yep. Um, and they probably wouldn't take it easy on you either. They probably. Oh hell so- no, no. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Oh, well, it's, fun. it's funny you said, you know, a couple of days ago, I thought, you know, I, I like to, you know, if if there's a time where I can do something nice for somebody, doesn't matter who it is, I'll just do it. Yeah. You know, one, one of their clients um, had a flat tyre on their car, and, and uh, I said to the girl, I said, oh, who are you with? And she goes, oh, I'm with Yui. I went, oh, it's, I don't know how, how they're going to be with, you know, re- responding to a tyre change or whatever. I said, oh, do you have a jack in your car? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, I'll, I'll change it for you. She goes, you sure? I said, yeah, it's fine. So I changed the tyre. And yeah, it was, it was work with the manual jack and, you, yeah. know, you know, it took a bit of strength to get the nuts off, but I did. And, you know, Rick could actually film me, do, you know, and I said to her, well, this is Pete's doing a nice session for God, <laughs> you know. And, um, well, because the girl said to you know, well, I said to me, oh, what do you drink? And I said, oh, well, I pretty much drink coffee. I don't really drink alcohol that yeah. much anymore. Um, I said, oh, dark chocolate's not a bad thing to have, you know. <laughs> I didn't think nothing of it. I, was, I said, "Look, don't really. I don't. I want want anything to tell you the truth." I'm, yeah, he just you know, did it. Just did it, and then um, it was on Monday, I think it was. Yeah, Monday. Um, well, I left me a message saying, "Well, by the way, I've left something for you at the factory," and I went, "Oh, okay." I didn't think anything. You know, I was, you know, doing my job on Saturday, Monday, and thought nothing of it. And yeah, you know, I was driving to the factory. You know, I got to the factory, and Elizabeth goes. So you think you're going to be taking what Weller bought? I'm going. Excuse me. And she goes. Um, you really do. You really need the dark chocolate, do you? I'm going. Oh no. And sure enough, there's a you know a dark chocolate Easter egg and a bunny rabbit. And Liz goes, "You can stay here. You can, I'll give you a nibble of it every time you come here. All right." I'm like, oh, come on. I said, you know. And she goes, what, do you, you're going to take it home with you? I went, well, it'd be pretty bad not to. <laughs> but and then she goes, oh, well, what else can you, you know, you're going to not touch it. You're going to give me your word. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I've got to go and see, because I actually had to see tennis OT and speech pathologist yesterday. Um, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take it to them and give it to them as a thank you. Ah. And Liz goes, what, you're going to videotape that too? I said, no, if I have to. <laughs> But in the end, I actually left it at the factory and it is still sitting there Still now. sitting there. You know, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I, hopefully Weller doesn't get upset and whatever, but, you know, I'm looking at it, well, I won't smuggle it out until... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. If Liz and Rick, oh, they would absolutely tear strips from me. For and they got me back last night because I, oh, I did file up and for the first time because I had to do boxing on a Tuesday night. I did boxing for the first time last oh. night. My, my arms are still recovering because <laughs> oh, I was punt. Oh, I, was, I, I don't think I've hit. Yeah, I've hit the. I haven't hit, hit, uh, had a session like that for a long time. And I don't know. I think it was just good to get some. Uh, As I say, it was good to get that aggression out. Yeah, get some anger. Oh, I guess anger or just just get some just a, emotion emotion out. Yeah, yeah. that um, was probably. Yeah, it was. Uh, and luckily, the guy I had with me, he was, you know, him and I were able to go toe for toe, so it was all right. So it wasn't, I didn't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably walked away with sore hands. Yeah, he's gone. Especially when we went to do 200 reps and just going bang, bang, yeah. bang. And on there going, I'm still punching away at 200. And he's like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's obviously been huge for you mentally going having yeah. a place community like it is it's an amazing yeah. community and, 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 yeah and also my um, well I guess the Roval Riders 
that I ride with. Yeah. They've been a, a, a huge help to me, um, especially, you know, there's a few of them in particular, you know, Noel, Aaron, Polar and Jono, but everybody else, you know, they've always checked on in on me. Um, and I can see, yeah, you know, if I'm struggling or, you know, or if I decide to pull the, I'll just message saying, look, I'm, it's too much for me. I'm riding back home yeah. or, um, like we did the crucifix a couple, there's a ride we do on Friday. Yeah. Which we do in the shape of the cross. Yep. And we raise money for the children's hospital. We'll all put in $10 each and then we have, um, a bar, you know, like a thing up at the top of the thing, do bacon egg rolls and whatever. Yeah. And anyone else can come along and, like, I think we raised over close to $1,100 this year. And, um, I remember a couple of them, they saw me going up the first part, which is Devil's Elbow. And they could see then I was already had nothing in my had nothing in my legs all day. Yeah, and you know mentally up here I'm going, oh, do I really you know am I do I really want to do this? Yeah, and in the end I I did three parts of it. I didn't do the I fall I didn't do the well I think it's the hardest part of the lot, which was Inverness Road. Um, it's it's a very short, it's very steep. Yeah, and I just I just said no, I didn't want to have the embarrassment of getting off my bike. I just didn't feel, and I, I just didn't have it in my legs. And then because when a couple of them saw me on the other two, and they're going, "Hang on, when how did he get past us?" You know, what's yeah. Going? And then when they found out I hadn't done inverse, they're going, "Ah." Oh. Then they said, "You know what, Brett? It's okay." Yeah, it's all right. Like I, like I was pretty hard on myself about it because you know. I guess you can be your own worst critic about what, you know, you want to do the right thing. You know, I thought, you know, if I did even us two, that would, you know, because well, what Tina's gone through is nothing to suffer for two kilometres. But yeah. It was just, no, I, I just, I was just going to put myself in complete, yeah, it would have completely wrecked me. And that doesn't just wreck you, that you take that home with you and stuff like that. As much as you plan to not go home hmm. and have that emotional wreck, you do. Yeah. You can't hide Because I went home and, you know, Tina could see, she goes, you know, I just said, look, I, I just didn't do the Venice right and, and she was, she was sympathetic towards, you know, she goes, oh, you know, she, you know, she felt sorry for me, but at the same time, I said, look, you know, but like, Inverness Road's going to be shifted anytime soon. It's going to be, you know, like, I, like I, I haven't done any of the peak. Like, normally I'll go and do a, there's a thing called the Seven Peak Challenge where you do between October and April. Yeah. You, you know, you've got, so you've got plenty of time to ride, but you've got Lake Mountain, Mount Borbor, Mount Borla, Falls Creek, Dinner Plain, uh, Mount Buffalo, and Mount Hotham. Yeah. You can do all seven and, you know, put it, you know, put your passport in and, yeah. Score a jersey yeah. to do seven peaks. And last couple of like I did a seven peak challenge a couple of years ago. And then I've done certain peaks each year for the last couple of years. And she, I didn't hit one. And that, so. And that's you, sort, that's you, sort of just. It's like, yeah, and that's, I guess, mentally, physically, and stuff. You're going through a lot. You did you not want to put yourself through that extra pressure? If- yeah, look, that, there, was, oh, there was one day I wanted to do Lake Mountain. I was adamant I was going to do it. It was a day when all the bushfires were ha- happening yep. up in the, you know, it was right near in the area. And um, if the wind changed, then we probably would have been in a bit of trouble. Yeah. So I sort of erred on the side of caution. I went, oh, okay, well, we'll give Lake Mountain a miss. And, Good idea. Yeah. And yeah, although I'm, I'm not rushing to get back to Mount Borbore, though. Mount Borbore's the, yeah, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a demon, that thing. Six and a half kilometres at an average of 13%. The whole way up, it is. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so, 
even though you haven't done the seven peaks and put yourself through, I guess, all of that extra pain, um, how how mentally has it how much mentally has it helped you to still keep with the cycling and stuff keeping that physical oh, and I think getting I'm, out yeah. on the road oh and, I think if I didn't have it I'd you know I'd be struggling yeah you know like you know like I, like I got out on Sunday morning and there's a couple of the Roval guys that live out in my neck of the woods in Cranbourne and I said you know we'll ride together out to you know like it's a good 20k warm up before we get to to Roval it's yeah. nothing you know, nothing too mountainous, whatever. Yep. And well, my next door neighbour, he pulled a pin, um, and because it was, well, in fairness to him, it'd be he, he would have frozen anyway. <laughs> um, and then the other guy messaged me on Saturday night, goes, "Oh, it's going to be raining tomorrow. I'm just going to drive there." I'm thinking, oh, you know, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm getting out there tomorrow. So I kind of had about four layers on me on Sunday, like. My compression shirt, my jersey, my windbreaker, my wind, um, my rain jacket, then my leggies on top of my knicks, and you know, two pairs of gloves, and still went out and like I saw the um, one of the guys along the way, and um, you are actually riding from. I said, <laughs> it's not acid, it's it's water, it's you know, and. I said, I need to get out because, I, you know, if I don't do enough Ks, I, I think I'm not, you know, it's not worthy for me to... Yeah, yeah. You know, so I did 120 and, yeah, it was And all. you felt good at the end of it, oh. even though you are cold. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah. No, I was cold at certain points, yeah. But, oh, God, it's just, yeah. I, I, you know, and it's getting, you know, a bit different to the extreme you know when you ride in Adelaide for the tour down under and I was there this year and it was um, well there it was the hottest week on record in Adelaide yep. and when you're riding your bike in the afternoon it's 47 degrees and you're going <laughs> really? why am I doing this? why am I doing oh I was test riding a new bike so yeah it was worth it <laughs> so you know just, I was having a bit of fun because I said my wife came with me to Adelaide um, and luckily, I had a friend who we stayed over in Adelaide. She looked after a while without riding. Yeah. So that was, you know, and she goes, look, you've looked after Tina enough. Let me look after her. And you go out and do what you have to do on the, on the road. I was, I covered 720 this year, Adelaide. I rode with the Rover Riders each day. Um, there, were, there was one day I, I, I literally cooked myself big time in the mountains. So the next day it was a flat ride, recovery wise. Um, but there, I said to because I, I bought, you know, got us some new jewellery before uh, we went to Adelaide, and we had to have it all sized and everything. So when, yeah. when she got back, it was all ready for her. So, and uh, but I said to her, well, from in Adelaide. If I see some bikes I like to test ride, I'm going to test ride them. And she's like, oh, hey, you know. And um, so I ended up, yeah, I test rode no, two or three bikes. And on one of the test rides, it was 47 degrees. I was riding with one of the pro riders from one of the pro teams all the way to Glenelgham. And I'm like, oh, it's 47 degrees. But you know what? I'm riding with one of the guys from Team Astana. How good is this? Yeah, the experience was <laughs> yeah. worth it. Yeah, having a good, you know, well, drafting it off each other all the way down Anzac Highway to Glenelg. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's, oh, that's something I'll never forget. You yeah. Know? And, I, and I got to meet my 
Oh, I got him to sign my book actually. There's a guy, three time world champion, Peter Sagan. And yeah, he signed my book. And yeah, that was my, my mission for the week just to get him to sign my book and get a photo with him. And because he's a massive metal fan, just like myself. Yeah. So as soon as he saw my, because um, I've actually got an Iron Maiden cycling jersey. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he saw my Iron Maiden cycling jersey, he's like, Wet so, his heart straight away. Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah, I was on his good book straight away. So yeah, it's been uh yeah, but yeah, it's definitely been something which um I wouldn't I wouldn't uh wish it upon anybody else to go through. Yeah. It's not it's not great. But it also gives you an awareness of um, strokes. It, it happens to people right across the board in different age groups. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how old you are. It will hit you whenever it hits. Yeah. I still remember when Tina first was in hospital, uh, she was in a ward with three other patients, and the ward, one right opposite was this Vietnamese girl, and she, I think she was about 23, 24, wow. and I was like, no way. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's... And then when she got to Kingston and there was, you know, people from all um, yeah, all ages there as well. And you just had to, you know... I personally, you know, I, I don't think enough's been done about stroke awareness as well, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I didn't... I Personally, I didn't know much about it until yeah. my grandma had a stroke mm. about 18 months ago. Yeah. Oh, maybe a bit longer than that. My, my father had one back in 2013. Yeah. Um, and that... Uh, took his peripheral vision out out of him, so he's like a, a racehorse with the blinkers on, yep. straight ahead, can't see anything coming from either side. So he hasn't been driving since. Yeah. So that's put a lot of pressure on my mum. Yeah. Um, you know, got you know, and you know, with everything that's been going on with me, and but you know what, they've been in my corner too. So yeah, I, I can't thank them enough either. Um. Yeah, and then uh, there's been other members in the MP community that have been, you know, um, in, intimate, you know, like, uh, I guess as a sounding board or advice, like um, Katie Masters. Yeah. She um, she actually came and visited Tina when she was in rehab because Katie actually had a, I think she had a, a TIA two years ago. Yeah. Which affected her. Um, so she, you know, gave me a bit of advice. Um, and, but then, you know, Charlene Sultan Port, you know, they were messaging me, you know, making sure I was all right. And, yeah. You know, actually, Charlene called me at one stage, you know, had, had a full blown conversation about what's going on with Tina. And, she loves to talk. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that's what made it, you know, like when she actually, um, and then one of the other trainers there that night, Christine Lexi Ong. Yeah. Yeah. Because Tina actually used to be her Uber driver. Ah. Um, she was having a knee, her, um, her rehabilitation with a knee. Yeah. And um, when we showed, because my goal last year, um, getting back to my goal, from, I wasn't worried about the transformation. I just said to Liz, right now, my goal is to be in the same suit that I wore last year. Yeah. And to walk Tina through that front door. Yeah. Tonight, that was my my goal. Yeah. And um, when I got her through there, you know, all dressed up, and actually Christine saw her, and, Arab, and uh, Tina saw her, and, you know, Tina just saw me, oh, my God, it's Christine, you know, and Christine thought that was probably one of the best things that she'd seen that night. Yeah. And and, and then Charlene came up and said, you know, had a photo with Ben and Paul as well. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, I'm... It's great. Yeah, this is good. This is great. Community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's 
well, from the sounds of it, the training and the bike riding has probably been the two biggest yeah. things, and it's purely community, mm. fitness, and health as well. Absolutely. But the main thing probably is community. The mm. fact that you've had people in your corner the whole way. Yeah. And you probably couldn't have done it. I mean, you, you do. You find a way. You, you, you do find a way. You do, you know, like, I guess Falls Creek, I, I had to find a way myself. Yeah. But um, on this, you know, you know, when you look at all, you know, especially when you, you get paperwork thrown at you, which you don't, you know, you look at some half the questions, you know, and, uh, <laughs> that looks too hard. <laughs> I don't think we'll, you know, we'll do that another day. Yeah. Know, wait till I get a bit more uh, clarity or, you know, a bit more clear in, you know, clear in, in the mind. But um, oh, it's I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. But I think probably the biggest piece of advice I would give would be to make sure that yeah, people, as I said to you before, because um, I know you, you and Alicia are going to be tying the knot. Yeah. Make sure you've got all of your powers of attorney or your wills all set out so that way if anything ever happens to your partner, you've got the, you know, everything is all set in place. So yeah. you say, okay, well, I've got, you know, you've got to call on Alicia and she's got to call on you. Yeah, yeah. And that way it's... Simple. Simple. It's all, it's all you know, taken care of. Yeah. So, you know, um, when it came to things like banking or whatever, marriage certificate doesn't mean, doesn't mean squat. Doesn't mean a thing. Which is strange. I know. But that's, I guess that's the world we live in. It's yeah. a strange world sometimes. Very strange. Um, I guess, lastly, is there anything you want to add before I ask my final couple of questions? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Really, I think I've got, I don't know, just far, far away. <laughs> far away. Yeah, far um, away. I guess I want to know what the what the plan is for you and Tina going forward now. Like, what's what's her goals? What's your goals? Um, well, because probably before the stroke, there was all the mate, it might have been plans or whatever. Then the stroke happened, everything changes. Mm-hmm. So what now? What now? Well, luckily, for, you know, Tina's now got um, she's got a funding from the National Disability Insurance Scheme, so she's got people. You know, she's going to have a bit more assistance with her especially at home yep. uh, or getting her out of the home, getting her into the community. Yeah. Um, got her into, you know, got her into a stroke awareness group in our actual or support group in our um, area. Yeah. So she knows she's not alone with um, a suffering one. Um, and it gets her um, involved with people who understand what she's going through. Yeah. Because yeah. you and, haven't yeah, done it, so how yeah. would you know? So yeah, exactly. And, and it gets me involved with people who they're carers as well. Yeah. So we can sort of, I don't know, go, you know, so we can order take uh, notes, take notes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, like her speech is getting better and better. Um, we, we have talked about um, on the romantic side of it because we, we were married, we're, we're a leap year couple. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were smart enough to get married on February 29 in 2004 so when the thing about anniversary comes up you know, we sort of have a running joke of well it's, this year's only three and three quarter years so next year's the four four years we've been back but re- in reality it's been 15 yeah but we would like to do uh, um, you know renew our vows yeah. you know something like this that sort of makes you want to you know I guess there's something about you know a bit of a celebration, a bit of a celebration. Yeah, um, but I think you know Tina needs a bit more. I think she personally she wants a lot more time to learn to 
get the word, you know. Yeah. Um, she's all for it. I think she's all for it. Yeah. I'm definitely all for it. Um, but no short, shortage of people is personal to help with the catering or do whatever <laughs> else. So that's, you know, that's definitely been, that's something in the can we'll be looking at. Um, in, ter- in terms of her development, whether she works again or not, I don't know. Um, you know, she she might plateau out. It's just yeah. like her her, stro- her progress is. Um, it's like a weight loss. Yeah. Because you know, as you know, you might lose weight so many you know kilos in the first five six weeks, and all of a sudden it will just plateau out. Yeah. And, you, and you've got to try and think of okay, what do I, what do I need to do to you know get it going again? Or yep. is there certain things you need to cut out here, you need to cut out there, and maybe that might make a difference or with stroke it's you know she, her her thought process or her, her speech could just this could be as a, yeah as good as it gets so I, I guess I'm in the unknown about you know if this is you know as good as it gets or if it's going to get better yeah personally I think it's I, I, I'd like to think it's going to get better you know, her speech, you know, is improved beyond, you know, from the first time I called her when she was at home and now it's, you know, totally, yeah, it's like a lot, night yeah. and day. It's just yeah. incredible. Um, she still feels a bit hard on us that she thinks that she hasn't improved. But then you, you show her some vi- clips of vision and videos along the way and she's like, oh, I have, you know. Yeah. Then you got to say to her, well, you know, so many weeks ago, you were actually lying on a bed and you weren't able to move. Yeah. So yeah. To, to now, um, I'd like to, you know, well, if we do get the chance, I'd like to go on a holiday with Tina to get away from it all for yeah. a bit. That would be nice. And relax. And just relax. Although, if we went to Europe, I'd love to do, you know, still go to the mountains <laughs> in Italy or France to go to ride one mountain. But in a way, that's your relax, yeah. relaxation time. Yeah, exactly. Even though you physically oh, exhausted. I know, but I'd love to ride. Uh, Alp Duez is in, uh, it's on my bucket list. Yeah. That is, a, you know, it's one of the most iconic mountain mountain finishes in the Tour de France. It's just, yeah, you can't. Then you got the Stelvio in, in the Giro d'Italia. That's a that's an a- absolute epic of a climb. That one. Um, but no, I think um, as long as Tina's progressing, that's all I want. Yeah. As long as she's progressing and she's you know and she feels like she well, as long as she knows I'm doing everything for her at the same time too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all that's all I can do. Just be the best husband I can. Just yeah. Be, and provide you know just provide everything possible. That's all. Yeah. And keep her, I'm not just try and keep her clear, clear state of mind. Yeah, which I guess is probably pretty tough sometimes. Absolutely, because you can't do the things that she could before, mm. which is always probably the most difficult part about anything that happens. Yeah, or, like that. or for us, you know, I, I pretty much do all the cooking at home. Yeah, or she can reheat or you know put things and heat up or whatever. But in terms of putting things into a pan and start sweating off some onions or sweating yeah. off whatever, and, um, she hasn't really learnt that much. You know, like she did a couple of sessions with the OT doing that but the rest of the time it's been pretty much yeah I'm doing it all so yeah. um, that would be a step in the right direction and um, yeah I don't know what else that's yeah, it that's pretty much it well thank you Brett for coming in oh, thank I've you I've learned a lot <laughs> um, and hopefully just for the the listeners out there that just gives them a bit more insight on how quickly things can turn and I guess the impact what I loved hearing is how before it all happened, you changed your life and it just gave you that 
extra help going forward. Mm. Um, I think that's a really important message for people to understand that you've got to look after yourself to be able to look after someone else. Mm. And if something like a stroke happens... Well, that, that's one of the things that, you know, when, when it all first happened, they, they said, don't worry, you know, you've got to worry about, okay, you've got to worry about what's happening to Tina, but you've also got to look after yourself. Otherwise, if you're not looking after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after her. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the one thing that, you know... I think that's a key message for everyone in life. Absolute, I don't think absolutely. any stroke victims, oh. people with kids, people with grandkids, people with partners. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much everyone. all right across the board. It's just sometimes we get forced into going, hang on a minute, we actually do need to do it. So, yeah, which you thankfully took initiative a couple of years prior and put you in good stead. So thank you for sharing. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. If anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings, please call Lifeline on 13 1144. For any further information, or if you want to bring your story to life, contact Shane at shane at vitalityfit.com.au. That's V I T A L I T Y F I T T.com.au.